it's all good. You, you guys are going to learn about the Lord and everything else. And at this time, I just want us to welcome our pastor. Uh, um, before you do that, um, uh, I, I want to say something about this book that we just started. Now, some of you are new here um, for this week and joining us and fellowshipping. Um, this book, Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness. Oh, where am I going? I probably came down here. From <laughs> Spiritual Darkness. This is a book that came out some years ago. But my husband, somebody gave me the book. And um, I've, I have this somewhere, and it's probably up in my attic because I'm a bookworm, and I have books and books and books and books that I study from or read and so on. We, me and my husband, I want to share this with you. Before we got born again, we dabbled in some things that were spiritual things that were not God's spirit, okay, and, and not of his kingdom. And when we got born again, we had to, our pastor took us through a time where we renounced those things and so on. We, uh, we got all of the artifacts and everything that was in our house to get our house cleaned up. We didn't know about that until our pastor stepped in. And I just dumped everything and told him what we were involved in and all the stuff we did. And he just put the brakes on and he said, what? Did you renounce this? And we said, no. What's renouncing? I didn't even know how to even say the word right, you know, and never heard it. And so anyway, we went through the process of that. And through the years at different times, but we haven't in a long time, we used to teach on this about getting your house cleaned up. Or we were called into ha homes and houses and married couples that were ready to get divorced. And we would go through the house and begin to pray. And this one particular time, I remember, we went through this house. It was really, really bad, their marriage. And it was at a place they hated each other. They really, the wife didn't really want us to come because she thought this is useless and everything else. But we went, and we were very, very sensitive to them, knowing what was going on. And knowing how the devil was out to steal and kill, you know, and to rob. And so we went and spent some time with them and said, do you mind if we go through your home and begin to pray? And they said, absolutely not. Please do that. And so we did. And when we got to the bathroom, I walked into the bathroom. And when I stepped in the bathroom, the Lord spoke to me and said, every fight they have starts right here. And it was a home that they were renting, and we knew that that home was a dwelling place for a spirit, and it wasn't a good spirit. And that, and we told them, and they absolutely agreed with us. And the wife started crying. And within a couple months, they moved out of that house, and their marriage was healed, made whole. It was wonderful. And we have testimony after testimony after testimony of the delivering power of God and his goodness. Now, I want to say this to you. Don't ever be afraid of reading something like this. It's not dark. It's, it's delivering. It's glorious. It, yes, it, it, it does. And it absolutely sets us free. And God, you know, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. knowledge. And when you don't have knowledge, okay, you might still be going through battle after battle. If you feel like you're ever in a cycle of things, then you've got to put the brakes on and say, God, what is it? There is a real realm. Yeah. Don't be afraid of that. God wants you to be very aware of that realm, okay? 
and it's either light or darkness, all right? But God wants to get our houses and things cleaned up, probably because I think there's something that's coming up, and I think it is the glory of God that's going to come to the church in such a powerful way. But we got to get some things cleaned up and get it out and, and not hold on to things, okay? Amen. And so past, or Holy Spirit got pastor's attention on this. And I, I know my husband. And when he got a hold of my husband with this, I just thought, whoa, this is really different. Okay, we're doing it a whole different way. But we've been hearing good things about it just in one week from a lot of you. So with that, I want to bring up our pastor, and let's thank God for the gift that's in him. We're not putting a man on a pedestal, but we're thanking because we're going to draw from the gift of Jesus that's in him. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this time as we gather together for revelation knowledge, for your anointing Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you are going to give us the discerning of spirits, Amen. that we are going to move and operate, Lord God, in the body of Christ with your power and your authority because of the glory of God that's coming in the body of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that you're cleaning up and purifying your church, Hallelujah. Lord, getting all the junk and hypocrisy and all this other mystical stuff out of the church that is mystical of the kingdom of darkness and father i thank you that even things in our home that you're going to start showing us lord and even if we don't have a good feeling about it we're not going to own it lord we're going to obey you and thank just you, get lord. rid of it lord we thank you for it lord for deliverance we thank you for cleansing we thank you for thank all you that for you're it. doing in jesus mighty name in jesus name amen praise god you may be seated and before we get started today, thank you, honey. Uh, who did not receive a book last week, Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness? Please raise your hands. We're going to make sure you get a book. We want to sow into your life. Amen. Uh, those of you who are visiting, praise God. We're going to help. This is going to help equip you. We just want to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. You know, God told Abraham, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. So we are all of the seed of Abraham in Christ. And being, being, B-E-I-N-G, a blessing is part of who he is in us. So we want to bless you with this. You know, when the Holy Spirit just puts his finger on something, that's time to give it clear and concise attention. And he's got his finger on this, and we started last week. How many enjoyed it last week? Just a different format for a Sunday service. But we're capitalizing, or I just say, first of all, we're obeying. <laughs> the Hebrew concept of hearing the voice of God or the word of God was hear and obey. So... We heard, I heard, and we're obeying. Now, Bobby Connors, the prophet of God, spoke something in this house, and he was very caught off guard when he got it from the Lord, and he said, I've never gotten this again before for a church. And he said, God says you're going to be a training center and an oasis. An oasis and training center. Now, he, that prophet of God compliments what God has already put in your heart, but sometimes it brings greater light to how that unfolds. Amen? Amen. But we're going to start on page 12, or 13, rather. But before we do, 
just real quick, rewind. Look at page 12 and the very top of the page. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our teacher and our guide. And truly, David said, the entrance of the word gives light. Hallelujah. Amen. It gives understanding to the simple. Lord, we're pretty simple folk. But now we're not only simple folk, we're supernatural folk. Because we're born of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, reveal to us the things that are necessary in our personal lives immediately, for our families, for our homes, even the workplace, so that your light, Jesus, can shine brighter and greater, and your works, Father, be done through us cleaner and more accurately. Amen? <clears throat> so on, on, on the top of page 12 again, I want to touch again about what Zoe life is. Zoe life, the life that Jesus has come to give us, is translated from the Greek word zoe, which means, again, just to recap this, this is something you should meditate on or it would be a good thing for you and I to meditate on. To, it means this, to be possessed of vitality. Anybody in here feel like you need a little boost? <laughs> you don't need Red Bull. You need the Holy Ghost. Amen? To be possessed of vitality, to have life active and vigorous. To be devoted to God is Zoe life. To be blessed is part of Zoe, what's contained in that aspect of God. To be among the living, hallelujah, not lifeless or dead. To enjoy real life, say real life, amen. True life worthy of the name of Jesus, hallelujah. To pass life on to others. To be fresh, strong, efficient, active, powerful. Hallelujah. To be endless in the kingdom of God. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Then he goes on. He says, furthermore, Jesus tells us that he's come to give us this rich existence in abundance. Which means, and this is picking up from the verse, John 16, 33. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but in me, you will have life, Zoe, and life abundant. Amen? So this is what abundant life means. And if it's not ours at the immediate, I'm going to say this. You just get saved. And it's not only for those who just get saved. Sometimes in our Christianity, we, we get weak. We seem to get weak. God has provided things for us to avoid getting weak. But if we, if we compromise in our daily Discipline. So I'm going to say this, guys. A lot of people don't like the word discipline. Discipline is absolutely essential to your success in life. Disciplines are absolutely important and essential. And if we have, maybe we've developed wrong disciplines in our life, and they got to go. And there's new disciplines that have to be developed in our life so that we can experience this kind of Zoe life. Amen? That life isn't a golden goose that comes down. It is something that has to be apprehended. You take hold of the truth and you, you lock into it. And the way it grows in your heart is by getting it in your mouth and into your heart. You have to agree with God's word and believe his word. And as you repeat it over and over, it's seed that goes into your spirit man and it's going to grow up big on the inside of you. 
Hallelujah. But I was, well, there's a process for seeds to grow, but we need to be confident. Jesus said in Mark 4, when he describes the whole benefit of the seed sown in good ground, skip the other three, let's come to good ground. This is seed that those who hear my word and do it, amen? And it brings forth fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. Then he goes on to verse 26 in Mark 4, and he says, the farmer plants seed in the ground and goes to bed at night. He doesn't know how it grows even, but he plants the seed because why? He wants a harvest, amen? You want, you want success in, in life? You got to get the word in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has a way. Say, God has a way. Tell your neighbor, God has a way for us to succeed. Say, I'm tired of doing it my way. <laughs> Amen. You know, a lot of times there's that saying, it's my way or the highway. No, it's God's way or the way of the transgressor is hard. Well, glory. So abundant life is this. Excessive, overflowing, surplus, having more than enough, over and above, more than enough. There it is. Profuse, extraordinary, more than sufficient, superior life. (laughs) Hallelujah. More remarkable life, more excellent life. Now, that may not describe your experience to date, but I got good news for you, and God has good news for us, that this is what he has provided for us. Now, here's the challenge. Well, how do I get that in my life? It's through meditation. It's through developing disciplines of believing God, loving him. You know, Jesus said, when he was asked the question, Lord, Master, what are the two great, what are the, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, there are two. They're summed up in two. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. A, number one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. That's all. Say all. What's that mean? Our spirit, soul, mind, and body. Paul reveals something to you and to all mankind that comes through the, the apostle by the Holy Ghost. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he says, may he prays a prayer. May your spirit, your soul, and body be preserved blameless until the day of the Lord Jesus. So he reveals to us and helps us to understand we're a three-dimensional being, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Now listen, every one of those parts of us has a voice. Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. said it this way, in this way the Lord gave it to him. Conscience is the voice of our human spirit. Reason is the voice of our soul, will, intellect, and emotion. And our senses, our five senses, are more or less the voice of our flesh. Amen? And there's other teachers that taught it. But think about that for a minute. So there's many voices that help make us up. But for years, until you and I give our life to Christ, our flesh is direct in our path. And our flesh is subject to the prince of the power of the air without God. Amen? The God of this age, Satan. That's, that, that, that's who our spiritual father was until you got saved. He ain't the one I wanted, but by default it came. Amen? 
I never figured it. I mean, there were times I got very angry about that. Lord, why do I have to suffer for Adam's sake? But we ain't going there today. Amen? There's reason and purpose. It's genetic. Amen? So let's go on. Next page, defining liberty and freedom. Part of the Zoe that we as Christians enjoy includes liberty and freedom. I encourage you to have a pen, highlighter. Liberty is defined as freedom from control, freedom from interference, freedom from obligation, freedom from restriction. Hallelujah. (laughs) Freedom from external or foreign rule. Hallelujah. That's pretty good, isn't it? Freedom from external or foreign rule. Now, we just talked about it. I mentioned it a moment ago. The power, the Bible reveals to us that the God of this age, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul wrote this, the God of this age, small g, meaning Satan, and his power through the airwaves, his influence on societies. Amen? He has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, if perhaps they would see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So there's a cue and light for you and I to understand that when we're dealing with a lost soul, there's a veil over their soul. I remember when the veil was on my soul. Don't talk to me about this born-again stuff. I didn't want to hear it. You have to be born again. I'm Catholic. I don't need to be born again. Catholics got the front row in heaven. That's what I understood. Amen. That's the, way I, that's the way I believed. That may not have been exactly what I was taught, but I believed that. The Roman Catholics have the front rows in heaven just by getting the sacraments, just by their works. Come on. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. Amen. No, by grace we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. Amen. It's the gift of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad we don't have to work for it? You talk about benevolence. God is benevolent. Hallelujah. I might be all over a little bit, but I'll tell you what, it'll all come back. (laughs) Look what freedom is. Freedom is defined as immunity, exemption, the power to enjoy all the privileges or special rights of citizenship. The Bible says that those who are born again are now citizens of heaven. Come on. Well, how do you and I learn how to be a citizen of God? How do we learn? Through his word. Through the instruction manual. There are years in in auto mechanics for years. There was a, a Chilton's manual. Yeah, I knew the word Chilton, but I, there was manuals that they wrote for every car that was ever made, and you could actually get that manual and find out how to repair what was wrong. Chilton's manual. Amen. Amen? It was an instruction manual on how to fix what gets broke. Well, the Bible's God's Chilton's manual for life. The entrance of the word gives light. 
the Holy Spirit said something really awesome in here a couple about a year and a half ago, and he said, I'm going to give you a gift of comprehension. And I tell you what, I need it. Amen. I need greater comprehension of the of the will and purpose of God. Do you? Let's go on. Jesus lived, died, and rose again to bring us liberty from the bondages of death, hell, and the grave. That is freedom from control, interference, obligation, restriction, or the rule of Satan. Hallelujah. Additionally, Jesus' shed blood gives us freedom to come before God with immunity and exemption from sin. Glory to God. And the power to enjoy all the privileges and special rights of heavenly citizenship. You don't have to be quiet in here if you, you know, if you want to be like, hallelujah. That's mine. Tell your neighbor, that's ours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's go on. The indwelling, empowering work of the Holy Ghost. The very basis of experiencing Zoe life is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us. As Robert Heidler, my own pastor for many years, writes in his book, Experiencing the Spirit, this is really going to help you and help you explain it to others, help you comprehend the plan of God and how it unfolds. The indwelling spirit is the spirit of Jesus living in the hearts of his people, sent to give them new hope, new love, new peace, new joy, and new direction. This ministry is foundational to everything else in the Christian life. Through the indwelling spirit, we are sealed in Christ and given an inner assurance that we belong to him. Say sealed. Sealed how? Sealed in Christ. Many of you may have seen this in in different movies and all that, that when the king would send out a proclamation or a letter. There was a wax seal put on that letter. It was folded, the scroll, whatever. Wax was put on it, and he would take his ring that had the signet of the king, put it in the, in the wax, amen? So that when anybody got it and they said, well, this is from the king, there was a way to know it was from the king. His seal had to be on it, Amen? Guess what? When you got saved, boom, glory to God, the king put his signet on you and I. We are sealed by the Holy Ghost that we were no longer Satan's property, but the property of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And guess what? You and I didn't know we had the seal, but the devil knew you had that seal. The devil knew that you, he just lost a soul to damn and God gained a soul to save. It's called Excedrin Headache, one million. You want to give the devil a headache? Obey God. <laughs> it drives him crazy. <laughs> that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 20, 22, read 21 on your own. But it says, also who has sealed us in speaking about God. God also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. See, sometimes we wonder, think about John the Baptist. 
He's called of God from the womb. He does a somersault in Elizabeth's womb when the Holy Ghost filled him. The baby leaped in my womb. Hallelujah. Upon Mary's, hearing Mary's voice. How is it that the, the, the mother of my Savior to come to me? Glory to God. How do you know that? How do you know that, Liz? My baby did a leap. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm flooded with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> i tell you what. That's the kind of power God wants to be manifesting in our lives. I mean, you and I walk in the room. People are like, whoa, what's going on? The room just shifted. There's a change in the atmosphere. Why? Because Jesus just walked in in you. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's why going to work, uh, usually many people for years, it's like work and working get monotonous, you know, the physical work, of but it's providing for our needs. But our attitude determines our attitude. Attitude will always determine your attitude. Amen? That when you have a joyful heart and you're grateful for the things God has blessed you with, and his light's going to shine today no matter what. Bless God. Lord, I'm a, I'm a pit bull on a mission. I'm a, I'm a you know, a, what are those hunting dogs? I'm a bloodhound. I'm a bloodhound on a mission to sniff me out some sinner folk that I can love. Hallelujah. Amen. Why would the Spirit of God, look at this next question. Why would the Spirit of God want to live inside people like you and me? He lives in our hearts to enable us to live life on a new level. <laughs> I'm glad I'm saved, saints. And it is the gift. I marvel at that revelation. We are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest a man boast. Amen? But the gift of God. What is the gift of God that you and I have received? Think about it. The gift of God that you and I have received by the new birth is his righteousness. Say God's righteousness. Whew. Are you kidding me? And I didn't have to work for this. I can't earn it. It's the grace, the unmerited favor of God to put his seed into us, to put his spirit in us so that we're capable to live on this planet as Jesus did. To rule and reign as Adam did before he fell. Come on. Hey, guys, this is good news. <clears throat> Verse, uh, chapter 14. Every Christian at the time he or she accepted Christ received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We know this is true because we are called the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Individually and collectively. See, together, Peter says it and brings it to a different level. We are all living stones, making up a temple for the Lord to inhabit and to come upon. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's good stuff. <clears throat> it comes with Christianity. 
However, as Heidler goes on to, the, to point out, being empowered by the Holy Spirit is another matter. See, there's the, the indwelling of the Spirit is automatic. He goes on to say here, he came and took up residence within your heart at the moment of your salvation. Some Christians are still having a difficulty trying to communicate with others. Why do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I have the Holy Spirit. I'm saved. Yes, you have his indwelling, but now you need his empowerment. Amen? In contrast, the empowering of the Spirit is seldom automatic, usually coming instead in response to prayer. Empowering of the Spirit is just as much a part of Zoe life as indwelling of the Spirit. Now, you're going to see something in here in this shadowed area. No demonic force will ever comply with our commands to be gone without spiritual power backing us up. Why is this important to the subject at hand? Protecting your home from spiritual darkness? It is because we need the empowering work of the Spirit in order to wage warfare against the enemy. No demonic force will ever comply with our commands to be gone without spiritual power backing us up. Amen? Amen. The empowering work of the Spirit gives us the authority we need to evict demons from our homes and from our lives. There are many Christians who are tormented by demons. And they have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Come on. That alone doesn't get the job done to walk in the freedom we're talking about. It takes the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No wonder the baptism of the Spirit of God is under such attack by the devil. And especially, he tries to bring it and convince people in churches that it's not necessary. It was for back then. It's not for now. Well, why does the devil work so hard to say it is not for now? Because when you and I get it, he's under our feet. Now, if I was the devil, I would do the same thing. I try to convince you the baptism isn't for today. I try to convince you praying in tongues isn't important. You don't need to do that. Ah, oh, that's not for the church today. <laughs> Lion dog. Jesus called him a liar from the beginning. He said, devil, Satan, you are a liar from the beginning. So why do we believe lies? Amen. When we have the truth. Glory to God. You and I got the truth, the light of the God's own breath, the heart of God Almighty in this book. My Lord Jesus, I don't have time for the word. That's the devil speaking through you. Listen, I want to bring things up to date here, speed things up a little bit. Je- Peter, Jesus in Matthew 16, he comes to the disciples and say, who do men say that I am? They say, some say you're the Christ or some say you're a prophet. Some think you're Elijah. He says, who do you say I am? Being as I've been hanging around here and you've been following me, you're part of my posse. What, what conclusion have you come to? And Peter says, all of a sudden, he gets a, he gets a wind of inspiration. He says, 
Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. A God blurb. I call them God blurbs. When God bypasses your mind and it comes right out of your spirit, man. It's like, whoa, that passed. I didn't even have control of that one. It just came out. And Jesus says, whoa, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Amen. For that is not of man, that's of the Father God. God gave you that right. God gave you that revelation. Amen. No, Peter then is like, hey, God, you want to hang around me? Glory to God, I get revelation from Papa. <laughs> then Jesus goes on to start telling them the Son of Man must, die, must suffer under the hands of the Romans and be crucified. And Peter begins to rebuke him. Jesus looks at the guy that just had revelation knowledge. He said, stand behind me, Satan. You don't know the spirit you're of. There's a lesson that can be learned in that. You can be blessing God one day and speaking on behalf of the devil's intent the next. That's why your tongue and our tongue, James says, hey, that little tongue, that little piece of meat between your teeth hanging in there, that thing can cause fires that you can't imagine. Look at California, guys, and you can just get an idea of what the tongue can do through tail-bearing, through lies, through slander. It can destroy a lot of property. Amen? So you and I, what are we going to do? God says, meditate on my word day and night. Well, how do you meditate? You got to resist it. You got to resist it. You have to use this to meditate. You have to use your tongue to meditate. I do what you mean, Pastor. I mean, you have to speak the word. By his stripe, I'm healed. He himself bore my sickness. He himself carried my pain. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. By his stripe, I'm healed. Yeah, there's a song, and you, many of you knew it. Uh, back before we gave our lives to Christ, 100 bottles of beer in a wall, 100 bottles of beer. Take one down and pass it around. 99 bottles of beer in a wall. <laughs> You know, and you, and you tried to get down to zero. But I want to say this. If there's been a hundred tears sowed into your life that God gets glory out of your sickness, how do you get rid of that? How do you get rid of that tear? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I believe what God says. Ninety-nine tears are only left. By the stripe of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripe of Jesus, I'm healed. Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2, 24, 98 tears are left in the soul. Well, let's just keep doing this. I'm going to kind of like start plucking out some of them tears. And what's going to happen after you go past 50%? Oh, all of a sudden, oh, man, glory to God, I believe this stuff. I believe that I received the things that Jesus has said. You know, Jesus said, you know, that was literally... As he spoke, believe the things that you receive when you pray, and you'll have it. Well, how do you do it? By meditating. Our tongue determines. Listen, you know, Jesus said, and the word says, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. What you and I really believe comes out. And sometimes it's not what you and I have been meditating on. And that's where Romans chapter 8 gets into this whole discourse of revealing, hey, our flesh, your flesh is that enmity with the spirit. That flesh has to be ruled. Our flesh, man, needs to be ruled and reigned over. Yeah, hon. Yeah, meditating is muttering. What else do you 
Say, tame the tongue. I'm going to pick it up again. Uh, No demonic force will ever comply with our commands to be gone without spiritual power backing us up. The empowering work of the Spirit gives us the authority we need to evict demons from our homes and lives. Cooperating with the Holy Ghost. The empowering of the Holy Spirit is not automatic. Rather, it is one that we must pursue, believe and receive, I'll say. Therefore, we need to learn ways to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is longing to do. Here are eight principles outlined how to live a life prepared to receive empowerment. Say eight principles. Now, let me present it to you this way. Because I am so thoroughly convinced that the Holy Spirit had his finger on this that we need to get this into our hearts and, and, and our understanding of how to live a life, how to clean up our homes, guys. Say, clean up our homes. Well, as we delve into this, you know, Carol just mentioned that. When she walked into that bathroom and the Holy Spirit revealed that every fight they have in their marriage starts here. That's why I, I, I avoid the bathroom when Carol's in it. <laughs> Come on, guys. There was a demonic spirit. I know. I know. Yeah, the same thing, right? Yeah, it was a really brutal divorce, too. That's what we, that's what we found out after, you know, after the fact God showed us that, then they told us about the couple. So listen, there was a demon that had a portal into that home. And the previous couple, like Carol just said, they, they, that couple found out after they, that demon was evicted, say evicted. evicted. <laughs> well, glory, that the couple before had the same thing and went through a brutal marriage and divorce. We need education. And we need discerning. Amen? Be above point number one here, write this down, if you would. Eight spiritual disciplines. Write that in your book. Now, he just mentioned it. Above, above meditating in the word of God. But just write it there. Eight spiritual disciplines. Because you may be already doing some of these and and this isn't a, an obligatory task. These are things that work for them. And they're submitting to the church, the body of Christ, like, hey, these things are necessary and so helpful to have a successful Christian life. Now, as we're talking about these different things, and Pastor Carol mentioned it, how about when she prayed about discerning spirits, discerning the unseen realm. Amen? There is a gift in the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, and one of them is discerning of spirits, and that is the capability by the Holy Ghost to discern angels, activity, demonic activity, and also the human spirit, the motive and agenda of humans. Amen? But I'm going to give you the definition, a definition of discernment. 
You can put this in the front of your book or somewhere. Write it down. Discernment is the faculty. Yeah, I, I, I'm out of the stable gate, so I got to pull back a little bit. The faculty of discerning, semicolon, discrimination, semicolon. Discernment is a, number one, the faculty of discerning. It's discrimination. Acuteness of judgment and understanding. An acuteness of judgment and understanding. An acuteness of judgment and understanding. Let me know when you, you guys have got that. <clears throat> that's for that's a, a textbook definition of of discernment. Now what I want to tell you there's something that sometimes Christians are kind of like deceived into operating in. It's called the gift of suspicion. The gift of suspicion is not discernment. I want to read to you what suspicion is. Write this down. Suspicion is to believe to be guilty false comma counterfeit comma undesirable comma defective Do I have to say comma? Comma. Bad with little or no proof. Yeah, fake news. <laughs> Amen. Well, watch, watch that what can happen here. So how do the gifts of the Holy Ghost operate in, our, in, in the Christian's life? It's by 1 Corinthians 12. There's nine gifts. They operate by the Spirit in our spirit. Amen? Suspicion is the result of the soul, of ignorance. Suspicion can go out of fear, fear and ignorance. Ignorance produces fear, by the way. I have a defin definition for fear that I think will bless you. Fear is the... Re actually, it, it came... An inspiration. And this is how the Lord communi communicated it to me. He said, fear is the result of the absence of knowledge. Fear is the result of the absence of knowledge. Hence, in Hosea, God said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Key word there, my. 
God saying, my people, and he, on this side of the cross, my born-again mishpoka, my people, my Christian family, perish, suffer for unrighteousness' sake, unrightly because of ignorance, because of a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is simply a lack of knowledge. I am very ignorant of how to be an astronaut. Amen? That's, that's not an insult. Being ignorant is an insult. It means I don't like the knowledge of how to be an astronaut. Amen? So God gets us born again, but he has information and knowledge of how for you and I to have this type of life that we read about being zoe and in freedom. Key word, believing, having faith in what God has said. Amen? Say no to the tares and yes to the wheat. So now we have that. So we aren't going to deal with the gift of suspicion, right? Amen? Now there's something I wanted to say about that. Discernment. Now, there's something that I, I was going to go with, but I'll, I'll come back. It'll, he'll bring it back to me. So let's go back to uh, page 15. You all like this? Yeah. <clears throat> Make sure your phones are turned off. No ringing. And I really don't care that the birds and cowboys are playing on Sunday. Eight spiritual disciplines. Number one, meditating in the word of God. Mary pondered, meditated on what the Holy Spirit spoke to her about the birth of Jesus, and it became a part of her until she brought it to birth and watched it grow to maturity and into the fullness of God's plan. Do you remember that, Mary? An angel came to her, talked to her about hail, Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women. That part's all right. Amen? Amen? We, that part's the scripture. Let's go on. The book of Joshua instructs us to meditate in God's word day and night. Verse, chapter 1, verse 8 of Joshua. And this is what that verse says. This book of the law, God speaking to Joshua personally. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I don't know that. Take a little piece of meat and keep in the word of God in my mouth. Because it's through my mouth and speaking it, it gets into my heart. Amen? What's going on? I'm reading, speaking, and hearing. I've got multiple gates of, of open up to, to gain the knowledge of God. Singing, speaking, amen, and hearing. Three different powerful gates now are involved with me meditating on the word. God understands it. There's a rule called the cone of learning. that if you just write something down, your ability or capability to retain it is minimal percentage-wise. 
But if you say it and write it down, it greatly increases. But if you see it, write it, and say it, it brings the whole level up and the capability of you becoming more knowledgeable and retaining it. Come on. God understands this. So meditating. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, in it, in it, in it, day and night. That means we have to be in it. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. Hallelujah. The empowering of the Holy Spirit is not automatic. Rather, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I jump back. I'm getting used to these contacts. <clears throat> if we read the word, back down to this under meditating in the word of God. If we read the word without giving it any thought, when does God have the opportunity to give us any revelation on what we've read? Or show us how to apply it to our lives. How can prayer flow out of a passage that we don't understand? Praying the word. We need to be like Mary and allow God's word to become a part of us. Hey, think about it. You know, my mom, and I've shared this here at different times, my mom always said, show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are. I hated it when she said that because I hung around with a bunch of crazies. <laughs> oh, mom, not them. They're, oh, not me. They're all crazy. <laughs> Come on, guys. Keep it real. Why does God say... Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together. All the more as the day approaches. Neglecting the assembling with the saints of God isn't legalism. It's kingdom. When you feel like it and when you don't. Why? God said, this is part of my plan. This is part of my plan. Now, Cult groups get started because a leader exalts himself in his or her theology. Jim Jones in California took eight, over 800 people to Guyana, and they ended up all dying. Some young moon was another false messiah. Jim Jones called himself a messiah. David Koresh called himself a, a messiah. Charles Manson called himself messiah. Come on. Not everything that glitters is gold. We need to know how to discern spirits. Come on. Praying, let's go down the second discipline. Say second discipline. Everybody say it. Prayer, praying. My life is prayer. I would rather commune with God than with anyone else. Prayer, this is, of course, Chuck Pierce writing this. Prayer is simply communicating with God. He longs to communicate with us. I want to say this frequently. I think all of us at different times, prayer is a monologue. It's us to God. How many in here would agree? Let me see your hands. Commit your, come on, just be honest. Sometimes it's just me talking to God and not giving God a chance to talk back. 
Prayer is designed to be a dialogue, communication to and from. That's what prayer is about. Amen? Wouldn't that be more exciting in our Christian experience to have that discipline in our life? Lord, I'm not going to settle for anything less than hearing your voice. Amen. I'm going into prayer, and I ain't coming out until I hear you. Come on, say tenacity. See, Jesus said, how much more? If you then, he makes a statement, if you then be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give Holy Spirit to you if you ask him? Lord, we're asking for more of the Spirit of God. Who, amen? Who reveals the hearts of the, the heart of the Father. So praying. It is when we pray that the channels to God are open both ways. He commands us to devote ourselves to prayer in Colossians 4 2. To neglect prayer is to neglect God Himself. Wow. I said, wow. Now, that's a perspective. There's a showstopper. To neglect praying is to de- neglect God from speaking. At a personal level. I don't have time to pray. Do you have time to breathe? You got time to eat natural food? You got time to do everything else that's temporal? Say eternal. See, God wants you and I to learn the disciplines of eternity. Things that are going to be forever. To, ne- to, blah, to neglect prayer is to neglect God himself. When we fail to pray, we break that all-important commandment of loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Say, prayer is a discipline. But it's also a path of life. Number three, fasting. Uh-oh. <laughs> Say, Fasting. It's one of the spiritual disciplines that very few people exercise and apply. For the Christian, fasting is essential because many times we cannot gain the revelation we need for our next step without it. Fasting removes spiritual clutter and puts us in a better position to hear God. That's true. Say amen, or oh me, <laughs> oh me, oh flesh, you're going to have to get in subjection. Guess what? I'm going to cancel a meal and get in the prayer closet. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and seek my Father. I need an answer. I need solutions. Oh, that was it. Thank you, Lord. Say discernment. 
Remember we talked about discernment and suspicion. Let me show you how it worked. King Solomon is about 17 years old when he's made king. He is in a dream, and in a dream, the Lord comes to him and says, what would you have me grant you? And of all the things that a young man at 17 could have asked for, he had an, an inkling and a comprehension of the task of what it was going to demand of him and require to be king of Israel. He said, Lord, give me wisdom and an understanding heart because I don't know where to start and where to end in leading the people. I need your wisdom. And God says, <laughs> Papa God is like, oh, man, my man, pots and pans, my boy, Corduroy. He is so happy with Solomon's request. He says, Solomon, Saul, you're my boy. I am so blessed that you asked for that. You didn't ask for riches. You didn't ask for kingdoms. But because you asked me for the right thing, you're going to have it all. Say package deal. We can learn something from that. One of the first things he happens with him in discerning. You know the story of the two women. Amen? Two women had babies. One rolled over in her baby, and the baby died. She switched her baby with the other woman's baby. And then, of course, they wake up in the morning, and the woman that had the baby illegally, it wasn't her child. She took the other woman's child. And she says, this is my baby. And a mother knows the child. Amen? So the argument starts, and they come before Solomon, and they say, king. And the, you know, he says, state your case. And the first woman says, the woman whose baby died, she says, this woman, pointing at the real mother, this woman, her baby died, and she swapped babies and gave me her dead baby, and I woke up with the dead baby. And now she's trying to take the baby back. Say discernment. Solomon says he listens. Now, what did he ask for? Discernment and an understanding heart and wisdom. Understanding, discernment is in that category of understanding. Comprehending. To hear the words behind the words. That's right, babe. Say to hear the words behind the words. So Solomon makes a judgment. Remember, judgment was in here and discerning. He says, bring the baby that's living and cut it in half. Give half to one and half to the other. Now, that sounds pretty cruel at face value. But he knew the mother of that baby would go for its life. How do he know that? By the wisdom of God. And the real mother says, no, don't kill it. Give it to her. And he said, give the baby to her. Come on. Come on. See, you and I can operate in that kind of wisdom on a daily basis in people's lives. Ha! Come on. Say, me? But, Pastor, you don't know. I, I didn't finish high school, or I only got through high school. I didn't go to college. Oral Roberts went to third or fourth grade. Third, fourth, let's give him the benefit. He went to fourth grade built the city of faith, built the campus of Oral Roberts University, was healed of tuberculosis when he was dying. 
Come on. God don't give a rip where your level of education went. Can I can I share something? Come on. I said You know what? I, I just with that whole thing with college and 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 um I I see a a plan of the enemy that is ruling in our nation and I think I believe that God wants us to be aware and wants um Christians to start getting smarter. And stop pushing your kids into college if they don't belong there. Hello? Because today, everybody comes out of school and they're all going to college. And they don't belong there. They might not belong there. Guess what? A lot of the kids that come out of college still don't know what they're doing and where they're going. But see, it's just something that everybody is doing today. Let me tell you what's going on in colleges. They're deprogramming our kids' minds, and they're programming them into socialism and antichrist spirit, and they're also programming them into communism. And a lot of these kids don't belong in college, but everybody has to go to college to get a degree because anything that you do has to get, have a degree. No, it doesn't. Roofs have to go on, doesn't require college. Buildings have to be constructed doesn't require college. An engineer requires college, but there's other things that uh, plumbing that has to be installed doesn't require college. Waitressing doesn't require college. Hairdressing doesn't require college. Do you understand what I'm saying? So most of everything that we see and do, what do you do that didn't require college where I go? And what I'm saying is this. This is called discerning of spirits, everybody. Yeah, discerning. Don't ever look down on anybody because they didn't have a college degree. Don't ever do that. Amen. There is, there is a, an undercurrent in this country that is trying to destroy this generation of young people right now because they're coming out of there and they're saying it's okay to do this, to do this, the isms and isms that are there inhabiting all the teaching. And not only that, inhabiting them and turning them against. Kids are afraid to stand up and say that they're Christians in, in colleges. You know why? Because the teacher, and they usually try to corner them in the very beginning of the semester when they, when they start school. I Within see. the first two, three, <clears throat> weeks that they're in there their professor starts already drilling and finding out who which one of these are Christians and I'm going to make it tough and I'm going to make it hard for you so don't go there everybody Amen. my boys not one of them not one of our kids ever went to college our kids went into um, a trade a trade yeah and Carrie, her specialty is more in accounting and that area and so on. And so she, and she wants to endeavor to go get her um, degree in that. But what I'm saying is ver be very, very careful. So you're saying, I forget why the, well, that the, just came up because that's it's okay. like, yeah, it's like we got we to be smart. It's like there's no pressure. What is, where's the pressure coming from? From the world. And part of cleaning up our homes, which is part of the uh, direction of this book and directive, yeah. is this. <clears throat> Why are kids going to college and not knowing what direction they want to go? Where's the absence of the conviction of God's will and purpose for their life? I know 
know they're coming out with a great debt that they got to pay. And and there's, well, God says, owe no man anything but love. Amen? We live in a different society, but I'm just saying this. Romans 8.14 says those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, guided. Amen? Say there's no junior Holy Ghost. Back there in those children's classes, there's not a junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that's in you and I that wants to influence the souls of the adults is back there with them. So we need to step it up, step the game up of equipping our kids on how to ascertain the heart and mind of God. So they can know when they're, when they're going to college, they have direction. It's not like, well, I'm going to get my basics. And well, sometimes that happens. Better that than, but, but don't go what $30,000 or $60,000 in debt when you can go to a community college until you figure it out. Yeah, and you know what? At most colleges, unless it's a Christian college, <clears throat> it's just filled with darkness. We were talking about Princeton University. Our son works up there. And he didn't go to college. In fact, he quit school, had to go get his GED. Now he's working at Princeton, and he's going to school in Princeton <laughs> while he's working there. And he's moving on up the ladder. God's but good. that was started by the Wesleys yeah. for a Christian, good, solid teaching. And now humanistic stuff has come in there, changed it. Communistic stuff has come in there and changed it and is so liberal. And what I want to say is this. If you took a poll of how many companies have been started, you will find out that a lot of companies and company owners started their companies and they don't have a college education. Amen. Hello. Amen. Yes. All right. No, I'm so, not against college. I know. I'm not I hear, against what, it. Do you all hear what the heart is? Do you hear the heart of what's being communicated? We're, we're pushing our kids into something they're not prepared for. And not prepared for, especially Christians, prepared for spiritually. Now, let's dovetail that into the subject right now, fasting. There was a song, Harry Chapman, or whatever his name was, Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. Who? That guy. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, sad, I don't, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then, son. And we'll have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Kids are going to follow what you do more so than what you say. Actions speak louder than words. Fasting. Let's wrap this up for the day. We're getting close. I hope this is blessing you. Fasting is not a magic. Oh, let me come up here. Through fasting, we give up something temporal to receive something eternal. You know, God loves this, and God designed it. Carol, Pastor Carol was talking about hunger. How hungry are we to really have the clarity of God's plan? God's answer. Starving Nick? Yeah. Well, apparently, he's connecting the dot for you. Denver, you're gone? Dude. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful place. Uh, well, let's go on here. Fasting is not a magical formula to manipulate God. All right, Lord, I'm going to fast, so you're obligated. God, I'm going to fast, but now you're obligated 
to answer me. It is not a magical formula to manipulate God, yet even Jesus agreed that there are some things that simply cannot be accomplished without fasting. Right? Amen? So there's some references there for you to do as homework. Right? Say the fourth discipline. Giving. Giving is the very heart of God. God so loved the world that he gave. We are called to multiply what God gives us. Yet we cannot do this without becoming givers as well as receivers. Instead of receiving and giving, we often operate in a lack or poverty mentality. Now I want to say this. The spirit of poverty, the spirit of lack, is demonic in nature. It's unfortunate in society that people go through those experiences. I heard one preacher say, Jesse Duplantis said it, when he grew up, where he grew up, he said, we were so poor, we didn't even have four letters. We had two, po. He said, we couldn't even be poor. We were po. <laughs> Carol talked about mayonnaise sandwiches, and I'll tell you what, that's not usually on the, on the menu. But I remember the, the peanut butter in our house. Yeah, some of you folks that are here, that peanut butter had like two inches of oil on the top. And you had to, like, you had to work that stuff in there to try to even have a peanut butter sandwich. Anybody remember that? Let me see your, date yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Giving. Poverty mentality and lack is not the portion of the saint. Now, I'm not talking about extravagance, but I'm talking about stewardship. Blessing to one person may not, may not be blessing to another. That's why the word, the, God doesn't want us to compare ourselves to each other. A person who's called of God to steward thousands of dollars, amen, seems to be at a higher level of a person entrusted with hundreds of dollars to steward and manage. Steward means managing, Amen. A millionaire has a different perspective on being blessed than what you and I do. You and I, if we got a million, pfft, yo, I'm blessed. <laughs> Amen? But a millionaire, where do they go for a blessing? Hundreds of millionaires. They're looking for a billion. Come on, you all with me? A millionaire, a million dollars isn't a blessing. It's, it's daily. It's daily life. Amen? So that's why you and I, God says, do not covet your neighbor's goods. But learn how to manage what God entrusts to you. And I'll tell you what, giving is the door to not being poor. Ooh, that's pretty good. I'm a poet, and I didn't know it, but my feet show it because they're short fellows. I know. We must overcome our fear of not having enough or of not being worthy 
of what God has given us. Fear of such things can keep us from giving. Instead, we need to allow God to lead us into freedom as receivers and as givers. Amen? Write this in there. Fear is the result of an absence of knowledge. Fear is the result of an absence of knowledge. Now, we're going to stop here today, but I want you to open your Bible, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 30. See, our roots go back to the blessing of Abraham. In Genesis 12, he said, I'm going to bless you, Abram. And the result of my blessing news is that you're going to be a blessing. Say blessing. The word blessing in the Hebrew means an instrument through which divine favor flows. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You're going to bless me with increase so that I can manage that blessing to be an instrument through which your favor flows. That's pretty cool. Amen? But look at Proverbs 30 with me. And we'll close here today. Let me join you. This is pretty fascinating. The words of Agar, the son of Jacob, his utterance thus, uh, his utterance. This man declared to Ithiel and Eucal. Verse 2 of chapter 30. Josh, can you put that up? Um, verse 30, bud. Or chapter 30. All right, what, what translation do you have, Joshy? Okay, put the uh, New King James up there for, for me, please. Now, here's this guy that's penning down by the Spirit of God a proverb for all mankind. And he makes a statement, Surely I am more stupid than any man. And do not have the understanding of a man. I mean, why would God allow this guy to write this if he's more stupid than anybody? Well, he's, it's a comparison. In comparison to God's wisdom and God's heart, God's mind, I'm more stupid than anybody. This guy had light. Next verse. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. This is hundreds of years before Jesus comes on the scene. This man writes this. You talk about inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? (laughs) My man's getting, he got the light of the Holy Ghost in him. Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? Now, you see where the comparison is? I am more stupid than any man. In comparison to God, I are dumb. 
<laughs> he's not putting himself down. He's just com- doing a comparison. What is his name? The one that did all this stuff. And look at this. And what is his son's name? Are you kidding me? What a verse. What is his son's name? This man's got light that there's a God, God the Father, and there's a God the Son. Next verse. Every word of God is pure. Let it be written. Let it be done. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. If you've put your trust in the word, Lord Jesus Christ, and you put your trust in the word, Bible says in Romans 10, 17, you will not be disappointed. Or verse uh, 15. You will, whoever believes in him shall not be dis- disappointed. Never, never be disappointed. Say never be disappointed. Never. Woo! So where does disappointment come? Ignorance. An ignorance of what God's word and will is for our life. That's where disappointment comes from. Listen, you can be, we're believing, we have five offspring from 49 to 42. And we're continually standing in the gap for them. That God's will, intent, and purpose will be accomplished in their life. Well, what right do you have to do that? They're adults. Because I am a patriarch of a lineage and legacy. God gives me authority and gives us authority to make a declaration of faith. To believe that all he desires for our offspring will be accomplished. That they'll all be saved. They'll all be serving God in the name of Jesus. It doesn't, regardless of where they may drift or, or go, totter, or, you know, or fall by the wayside. They're going to come back in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Devil, you won't have them. That's what you do. And warrings and other subjects we're going to get into here. Well, how do you have a, why, how can you pray like that? Because God gave us authority to pray like that. But if you're ignorant of it, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. How about generations can perish for a lack of knowledge for those who are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but not doing the word. It's not enough to just know the word of God. You must be an active doer of it. Ha! Say ha! Look at your neighbor and go, ha! That's what I'm talking about. Next verse, Josh. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield. Next verse, buddy. Come on, Joshy. Next verse. Read this together with me. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Now, God said, Paul said by the Holy Ghost, and my God, shall supply all my needs, not some, all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said it by the Spirit of God. It wasn't a a fairy tale. It wasn't something he made up in his mind. The Holy Ghost inspired him and proved it out in his life. Amen? So he believed it and he said it. Glory to God. My God shall supply all my needs. Leave that verse up there, Josh. Leave him up until I tell you to change. Do not add to his words. So if you say, I, my God, I, I don't know if God's going to supply my need. You go against the word of God. Don't add to his words. He said, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory. Don't you dare say anything else, my son and daughter. 
And this also applies to what we're studying because when we go through this and start looking at different things that possibilities that we can have in our home, then our own opinion and reasoning comes in and says, well, I don't see really anything wrong with this. But in the word of God, we'll see in the word what the word says concerning, you know, um, maybe uh, games, videos, uh, might be uh, things that we watch, uh, whatever. Items we may items have we might purchased. Have. Yes. And that were costly. Yes. And it's like, and God's saying, get it out. My sister went to Turkey, Patty went to Turkey, and she saw this beautiful um, um, em embroidered, hand embroidered, the whole tapestry. And it was big. She hung it over her bed. And I walked into her bedroom and she said, oh, look what I got from Turkey. Isn't that beautiful? And I looked at it and I went, Uh, the workmanship is beautiful, but I wouldn't have that hanging in my house. And I said, Patty, I love you. And she just looked at me and she said, what do you mean? I said, Patty, who did you purchase this from? And I asked her, I said, were they Muslims? She said, yes. And I said, get it out of here now. She paid hundreds of dollars for it. And I said, unless you want a curse to remain in your house. And then she started telling me about the appearances of these spirits that were appearing in her house. And she would see them. I said, let's get it out and let's pray. Say house cleaning. But see, you, but see the lack of knowledge made her ignorant. We're not calling people a, a horrible name. No. It's ignorance to truth. <coughs> and so she didn't have that. So here, we're not going to wrestle with our opinions, yeah. okay? Because <coughs> then, we're, then we are uh, usurping God and saying we know better than God. Amen. And so the beginning of this is saying, I'm a stupid man. I'm dumber than dumb, you know? And how dumb, dumb, dumb can we get when you compare to the wisdom of God and who is he? And all he wants to do is protect us through the teaching and wisdom from the word of God. Amen. And a lot of people don't study and read through like Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all those five law books of the law because and Moses gave them and it was to keep the people pure yeah. and not to have certain objects in their house. And so today we don't go in the Old Testament and, and do reading ourselves and read that. But it's filled with that and a lot of things that we had to go into homes. Our references went back into those five books of the law. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. Let me uh, close with this ver next verse. Two things I request of you, deprive me not before I die. Do you believe this man's hearing from heaven? Yeah. Guys, come on. Yeah, answer he me. Is. Absolutely. All right, next verse. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. You have to see the earnestness of this prayer. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Commandments. 
I heard the Catholics removed one of the commandments on the first two commandments. Yeah. And they removed one of those commandments about not having false gods before me. Um, and because there's so, there's so many different gods. And out, don't make any graven image. Yeah. And bow down and worship it because they that used to be there with the Catholics, yes. but they have removed it and replaced the re and reworded it. So because that only because so that they can worship other graven images. Hello. Paul said, "If anyone else comes preaching the gospel, even an angel from heaven preaching a gospel that I have not preached to you, let them be." damned to the damnedest damnation, anathema. Our gospel and our life, our Christian experience is wonderful, but it's serious, serious business. Amen? Look at this. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out, remember the parable of the talents, to one he gave five, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. For what purpose? That they would take what was entrusted to them and steward it and manage it for the master. Your increase and your blessing and our giving is directly connected to the heart of the Father. So it's, listen, when, when, when there's too much month at the end of the money, <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? It could be that you begin to speak divine order into your finances. Father, I, I thank you for divine order in my heart and my soul. Holy Spirit, teach me as I study your word of how to manage what you've entrusted to me. I, uh, now, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm awarded and trusted, entrusted by God with uh, two talents, which was, uh, in the context, finances, a measure, say, measure of finance. See, whatever you're doing, and that increase is there. Maybe you need more, but it's okay. Like Carol was saying, Lord, give me witty inventions. <laughs> what do I need to do to have more to be a greater blessing to ourselves and to others? Amen? It's okay to ask God for that, not from selfishness, but, Lord, I want to be a greater blessing. Amen. Amen? So if I'm entrusted with two, I'm not to covet the person that has five. If my increase or my, my management is, fit, let's say, 30000 or 50000 or or 100000 or 200000 or a half a million a year, I'm not to covet the person that has a half a million a year coming in. What did they do? to get to that place for that kind of increase. Are you willing to make the same? I, man, I got, a, I got something in my crawl about the people's attitudes towards the business people. I tell you what, it ticks me off. I think there should be laws in government to protect business people instead of people complaining about them. Business people give people employment. Nobody sees the sacrifices that are made in business homes. But in their marriages and their children and everything, there's great sacrifice made. But it's, but it's not preached or taught. Amen? So I'm not to covet the person that has half a million coming in annually or a million or billions. I don't, I don't have to covet. I'll tell you what, it takes a lot of pressure off. But, oh, God, help me steward to the fullest what you've entrusted to me. And, Lord, give me, give me extra seed so I can help missions or give me extra seed not for me to have a bigger crib we're still in our starter home people walk in our home and they say how do you raise five kids in here well it's kind of like that woman with the shoe you just keep putting them somewhere give them a window you know what i'm saying you make it work 
You stay within your means. Hallelujah. I'm not complaining about our crib. Could we use a bigger crib? Sure. But guess what? There's only two of us now, and it's too small. <laughs> Josh, you took the verse down. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Next verse. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. I believe that God wants to prosper our house, the spiritual house, every one of your lives. John prays something in 3 John 2. He says, brethren, I pray with earnestness. The one who put his head on Jesus' breast, he said, I pray that you would prosper and be in health as, here's the condition, as your soul prospers. In the measure your soul prospers and you guard that and you invest into your soul prospering with the word of God and the spirit of God, the prosperity will be entrusted to you. We're going to stop there. Please stand. I hope that's helping you. Okay. So, yeah. So. Uh, just a couple announcements because Pastor Tim and Lena and Tony Ryan are still and Vicki, they're in Oklahoma. So they had a wedding. But um, we have our Christmas outreach coming up. Okay, so that's going to be December 21st if everybody wants to mark it down. I don't know if I mentioned that. That's on the Friday before Christmas. So we're all going to gear up, have a good attitude. And it's like, oh, it's only so many days before Christmas. Well, we have plenty of time to get ready and all that. And so, um, but we're, what we're going to do is start collecting toys for, and they ha don't have to be wrapped, unwrapped, okay, from ages from infant to teenagers, all right? And um, where is Patty? Patty. So right there, there you are. I couldn't recognize you because green is all over you. Yeah. So, um, and anyway... I, I tell Vince, put your put your jersey on. Come on, it takes bravery. It's like, I, I, I believe in being brave and strong and courageous so I can wear my blue, you know, amongst all the green. And Cowboys got to be careful of eagles flying over them. Huh? Cowboys need to be careful of eagles flying over them. Say that again? Cowboys ought to what? Be careful of eagles flying over them. Let me tell you something, bud. The, let me tell you something. An eagle can never fly as high as a star in the sky. Don't bet on that. So anyway, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so at all. But anyway, I, I do want to encourage you what, Pat? So we're going to put a box out there to start receiving um, the toys, okay, and, um, and gifts teenage, for teenage girls, boys, um, different things the other thing is there was it's from infant to infant teenage to teenage teenage years we even we even throw gifts in there for moms and dads you know um because to bless them also so this is over in tasker area that we go to you guys are all familiar with it maybe some aren't but it's over in the tasker area um yeah grace ferry 
and Grace Ferry. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, uh, don't forget this Wednesday we have midweek to keep reminding you guys, please, Sunday is not enough. Mm -mm. We know that. Don't forsake the gathering together of believers as they. As is a habit of some. All the more as the day approaches. All the more as the day approaches, everybody. The next thing is um, we are going to be starting a curriculum on Wednesday nights, and you guys don't want to miss this. I'm telling you. And it's through John Bevere's ministry, and actually it's called Renew, and it's it's awesome. Carrie has been delving into this, looking into it, so Carrie will be um, conducting it. And Hallelujah. Um, we're going to start in the beginning of January because we know from now till then everybody's going to be, you know, Pretty busy. busy. Not busy for midweek, okay? Not busy for midweek, but just, and we just want everybody to have a curriculum. Um, this one, you're going to have to purchase a curriculum if you need it because we're running it off and, and all that stuff. Um, but it's excellent. Let me tell you a little bit. I don't know what happened to them or anything like that, but the Beviers, they have all boys. And, um, and Carrie understands that. I almost understand that because we have four boys and one girl. Me but too. She had all boys, and um, Lisa and John Bevere, and one, of th- one or a couple of their sons really went through a very hard time and a, a very difficult time. And um, their son, Austin, he's the one who went through a very, very difficult time. I don't know what it was. I don't know. And what ha- happens to so many. Um, but whatever, whatever it was, he's the one who wrote this curriculum. And you should see the topic, Matt, uh, topic subjects in it. It is awesome. And I, I just feel like our church is just, like, going to be, like, from this and growing. And when Bobby Connor said it's a training center and a oasis Oasis of love. Okay, so I want to get tongues in there, I guess. I don't know. In Jesus' name. So, but I want to pray this. And listen, guys, I am very serious about this one. Oh, yeah, Patty. Oh, and the Abel. Abel, this coming. This Saturday at 11 o'clock at the Barrington um, Community Center, the Boy Scouts will be starting to drop the food off that they collect, and then we just have to help um, sort it and date it. Okay, praise God. So anybody that can show up at any point in time that it's a good outreach into our immediate community. Yeah, eleven. They want everybody there eleven o'clock. Okay. So that's part one of our outreaches into (coughs) our area where we can help out. Um, The Patty. If you want to know more about it, they absolutely need volunteers. More volunteers, it just it happens real quick. You know, it goes real fast. So you can see Patty, get her phone number if you need directions or whatever. Okay, talk to Patty about that afterwards. That still and falls in the category of giving. Oh, giving and serving giving our and time. reaching out to the community and, and all that. Yeah, so praise God. Yeah, I'm going to pray. Okay, so let's just take your neighbor's hands and let's just reach across the aisle. Let's just pray, and Father, we just thank you. We lift up your name, and we lift up the name of Jesus. I love that verse, Lord, where it's, you know, this this person, but, but being led by the Holy Ghost, even wants to know your son's name. That's so awesome. Right there in Proverbs, Lord. 
How can you say that Jesus was never God and he wasn't existing? There it is in the word. And so, Lord, I wonder what Jehovah Witnesses do with that and others. Well, Lord, we just ask them for truth. And that truth would invade, Father, their hearts in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that the word and everything that we're learning, Lord, that you are just going to give us revelation, Father, concerning how great you are. But, Father, even now, we don't have to wait till the end, Lord, that you'll start showing us and giving us discernment, Father, of maybe things that are in our house that have to come down. And, Father, even if there's things that have been given to us by relatives, but yet it wasn't good, Lord, or whatever it is, and there's been an endearment that has been attached to it, Father. Father, I come against that right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command that spirit to be um, removed in Jesus' name. And, Father, we ask you for the presence of Holy Spirit to begin to open up our eyes to see different things in our house and things in the future that we will be so sensitive to, Lord, that we wouldn't put anything that's impure or or that would defile us, Father, in any shape or form in our lives and before our eyes in Jesus' name that it wouldn't enter into our spirit. And, Father, I'm serious about this tonight. Father, I pray even for the Eagles and the Dales game, Father. I pray, Father, for safety and divine protection, Father. Father, because of the hostility that has been raging in our country, I pray, Lord God, that there would be peace and unity in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, even because of the game tonight, I pray, Father, that there wouldn't be not one player that would be hurt in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, that you would be glorified in the midst of everything. Thank you, Father. Amen. i got to tell you this story real quick. So this is pretty cool. So me and Carrie ran up to Lancaster yesterday. Lord, bless number 11. And we went to... Number 11, that's my Beasley. Who? No, that's my Beasley. Okay, so we went up, and this is really cool, guys. So me and Carrie are walking through this store, and it's a place where I go do therapy. And anyway, they had this big, like, chair, and me and Carrie walked over to, we saw something, it was Christmas stuff, and we saw some things there. And we we heard this guy, and I heard Carrie turn around and went, whoo! Did you say you scared me or something? And I turned and I looked and I went, oh, and I just said this. Now, guys, you have to understand, I wasn't calling him a ghost or a spirit. Like, did say, are you the ghost of Christmas? But I was thinking about the Christmas carol, okay? And if you know where all that came from. And he just sat there and he just, because he was real white-haired and looked like a very gentle person and all this. And I looked at him, and he just said no, and he just kind of chuckled when we are talking about Christmas. And then he got up to say goodbye. His wife came over, and she had a cane. And um, they looked at me, and he said, well, it was very nice meeting you. They were going to go upstairs. It was very nice meeting you, and shook Carrie's hand and walked over and said, it's very nice meeting you, too. And I said, I said, thank you. It was good meeting you. And he goes, where are you going to be in eternity? This white-haired, I mean, yeah, yeah, youthful man said, where are you going to be in eternity? And I said, with Jesus Christ, I'm blood-bought. And I said, and I am born of God. And he went, praise God. And I just thought, don't, I said, I am so grateful and blessed 
that you asked me that. I said, please don't stop. That's all it takes, everybody. That was so simple. Where are you going to be in eternity? He cared. Amen? So go ahead and go do it. Take the good news and go preach it. Amen. Be blessed.